Hi, this is Walford Kaufman, the pastor of Southside Baptist Church of Gaffney, South Carolina. This is our online sermon. This is one I preached before I get here on Sunday. And so this is the Sunday uh, sermon for Memorial Day weekend. And so welcome. Glad that you're a part of this service. If you're ever in town passing through, please stop by and see us. We're located at 204 West O'Neill Street in Gaffney, South Carolina, not too far from the interstate, not too far from Limestone University. And so we invite you to be a part of our services. We're meeting at this time in our Family Life Center, social distancing still. Plus, our crowd has grown so much, I don't know if we could get them back in this sanctuary. But this is where I'm recording in our sanctuary. And so, welcome. Glad that you're part of this service. And if you would, go ahead and get your Bibles open. Romans, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 5. Romans 5, 1 through 5. I saw something this week on Facebook. Uh, there are actually some decent things on Facebook every once in a while. But this one talked about Memorial Day. And what it said on this little post on uh, Facebook, it said, Armed Forces Day is to honor those who wear the uniform of the United States. Veterans Day is to honor those who have worn the uniform of the United States and were able to take off the uniform. Memorial Day is to remember those who have worn the uniform of the United States but never made it out of their uniform. Think about it. They never made it out of their uniform. They gave their life for our freedom. And so we need to be very thankful this Memorial Day weekend. Think about it. Memorial Day is a day to remember. A day to remember. To remember men and women who actually died while fighting for our freedom. Just this weekend, think about it. At, in just this one location, the Arlington National Cemetery, over 250,000 flags will be put out at each gravesite. Just at that one location. And how many other locations throughout the United States where their flags are going to be put there because that person gave their life for our freedom? You've heard the history. You know, uh, this thing called Memorial Day. It was first started as a decoration day. It was to honor those who had fought in the Civil War. But as things changed, it was able to move to that point of being able to uh, remember, uh, memorialize those who had given their life in any war that the United States had been in. And so flowers were put on the graves on that date, if I got it right, May the 30th. May the 30th, where, you know, wherever that might, may have fallen in that week. And uh, it was uh, after World War I that the holiday expanded to be able to cover all the different military. But a tragedy happened in 1971. I remember 1971, that's the year I graduated from high school. I did not realize how tragic that event was in 1971. That was the year that the Congress moved this date. Instead of falling on that May the 30th, wherever it was during the week, they moved it to Monday, the last Monday of May. And the reason? Was it to make it more special? No, it was to give people a three-day holiday. A three-day weekend holiday. So last Monday in May, opened the door. Instead of remembering, 
We celebrate now. Think about it. We celebrate the opening of the pool, cookouts, camping, uh, short vacations, a day off, uh, watching racing. See, the veterans of foreign wars back in 2002 made a statement. And here it is. Changing the date merely to create a three-day weekend has undermined the very meaning of the day. See, this group, the veterans of foreign wars, they were crying out in anger of how the general public treated this day so nonchalantly. No big deal. Not, some people are celebrating Memorial Day uh, weekend not even knowing what that special day is all about. We know that we are not to live our lives uh, totally focusing on death. But we are, to, we are not to ignore the process. The process that we have that moves us from suffering to hope. Think about it. The VFW had a point how people are treating this weekend. You know, the, think about it. Sacrifice of blood and lives on one hand. And then on the other hand, a cold beer and a hot dog. Those two don't go together, do they? I know it's time for family and all, Memorial Day, in the school. I mean, just everything kind of falls on it. But have we taken the meaning out of this Memorial Day? See, we need to be reminded that we don't repeat those things. Do we, do, do we want to go through another Pearl Harbor? Do we want to uh, go through another terrorist attack on America? Do we want our children, do we want our grandchildren to be standing in front of one of those large screen TVs that we have today and to see a building like the Twin Towers come falling down again? All those lives lost by a terrorist attack on our land. Is there hope for America? We need to remember the sacrifice of those in the past, but we need to be able to remember that we are to pray right now for the leadership of our country. We need to pray for our military. Oh, things are different. You don't have the hand-to-hand -hand combat, they say. There are still people that are doing that. I know a lot of stuff is uh, drones and, and electronic and satellites and all this stuff and flying in a plane, just dropping bombs and moving on, but it's still a war and we need to, we need to pray for them. Yes, we're also on this weekend and every weekend and every day of our lives need to be reminded of the suffering of Jesus Christ. Just to recognize Memorial Day as special, we need to recognize that every day is special because that's where we receive our real freedom. So we need a process. A process that moves us from suffering to hope. The move from suffering to hope. The VFW said that we needed for America, but is this not what we're needing today for the church, for Christians, for believers in this day and time? 2021, and the days, and the months, and the years to come, is calling for well-trained, well-equipped, tough believers to live out this life. See, our church, church is, but I can say yes, without a doubt, our church here, but every church is full of, Rows are full of those people that the first time a little problem came in their lives, they ran. 
They ran. See, you might have heard that old joke about this gentleman that had a little bit too much of that alcoholic refreshment. And there was a church down the road that was having revival. And he said, I'm going to scare them folks. And so he dressed up as Satan. And he waited till they were all standing, singing, and all this. And so he bust through those doors, and he's got that red outfit on. He got him a red pitchfork. I mean, he's got everything red on him. He got his mask on, and he comes in like, like the, I tell you what, they made no, new doors out of that church that night. Their people were jumping out of the windows. They were going through the walls. They were crying. They were hollering and all. But there was one little old lady who still stood in her place, had her hymn book up in, you know, in her hands, but she just kind of looked at this man, you know, the same man that had scared everybody else out, and she stood there, and he looked at her and said, Ma'am, why aren't you scared? And she said, Well, I've been fooling these people for years. I've been living for you instead of for the Lord. Well, that's a little joke, but how true it might be that our, our churches, our roles, our membership, those that are supposed to be faithful are not where they need to be in their walk with the Lord. Maybe you find yourself that way. See, we're going to need some tough Christians. Just like we're going to need a tough military, we're going to need some tough Christians today. Paul deals with this in Romans 5. I know it took a while, but we got to it. And this is the most important part is the Scripture. Look at Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. It's right there, folks. It's in the Scripture. It says glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given, who has been given to us, who has been given to us, who has been given to you, been given to me. We have the power through the Holy Spirit, but we're going to have to go through suffering. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we celebrate this Memorial Day, let us thank you for the men and women who gave their lives that we can have freedom in this country. But Lord, it was just one, just one, and that's all it took, the, the perfect, innocent blood of Jesus that was shed that we can have freedom, freedom for today and freedom for tomorrow. Let us rejoice in that. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see all this going here. Paul wanted to give us hope. That's been our sermon series uh, this whole month of May is finding hope. And today we can find hope. And he wanted to give hope there to the, the early Christians there in Rome. They were suffering. There were higher taxes, oppression, uh, oppressive control by the military, social pressure to worship not the God, but to, war uh, to worship the emperor. And Paul assures them in verse 1 that there is peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, 
Our peace comes through Jesus, not an emperor, not a king, not a president, not a governor, not our uh, government leaders. It is only, it is only in Jesus Christ. That peace is grounded in the grace and love of God. To have this peace, to be able to boast, to have hope, there is this process we must go through. And that's what Paul lists here in Romans 5, 1 through 5. He says, first thing you're going to have is that suffering, but pressure, pressure that comes from tribulation. Now, you may want to say, well, it doesn't have to be just tribulation. It's just trying to live life. But I want to tell you what, to be a believer in this day and time, it's going to be tougher and harder than ever before. So pressure that comes from tribulation, just trying to live for Christ. And then endurance comes from patience. Comes from patience. I don't know which one has the most trouble. Is it the young, new believer, or is it church? But do too many people walk aisles or say, I'm going to follow Jesus, and then the first time little trouble come, they disappear? Or is it that we at the church have got the idea, it ain't going to last long. They're not going to be faithful. And so we don't spend time developing them. But let us remember this. Endurance, it comes through patience. I remember the first time I wanted to go running. I was working on the staff of a church, and the pastor said, we're going to get you to run. I said, I can't run. And it didn't take long for him to realize I could not run. But I remember at Furman University, going to that section there where we start running, I'd run part of it. That's all. Well, the next time I run that part and part of another one, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. It took a long time. I never got fast, but I sure did a whole lot more than I used to do. And what happened? I got to be able to run in a 6.2 mile race. I never thought I could do the point two. But it took patience. That brought endurance. And then character. Character comes from experience. Experience. Folks, we need to grow in Christ. Why, why is the first time somebody asks you to pray, you freak out? Why is it the first time somebody asks you to give your testimony, you freak out? Well, what about helping in a Sunday school class, teaching little children? See, it takes experience. Where we are today, how many of you jumped in a car that very first time and drove perfectly? Oh, here's one better. What about the first time you ever got in a car that had a clutch? Hmm? Did you put that thing in first, go to second, went to third, fourth? No, man, you popped and jumped. And it took time. Our character as a believer in Jesus Christ comes through experience. Get into your Bible. Start sharing. Start praying. And actually start doing this in front of some folks. That's where you build character. And then we see hope. Hope that comes from a confident expectation. That's never... Have you ever been around these negative, negative, negative people? Now, I'm not a positive one of those positive thinking preachers, I can positively say this, you serve the Lord, you're going to suffer. Is that, is that positive enough? If you're doing for, but I will say this, we need to be confident. 
Jesus rose from that grave. He spent, what, 40 days talking among the folks? I mean, he proved, hey, he rose from that grave. And then he went to heaven saying, one day I'm coming back. We can count on it. It's not our timing. It's not our, our plans. But it's coming. So, a uh, confident expectation. But remember, before all these instructions from Paul, he said, glory in your sufferings. He said it from the beginning. Glory in your suffering. Paul did not say get a doctor's excuse. Paul did not say you are exempt from suffering. Paul did not say you poor little thing. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Oh, Paul said glory in your suffering. Look at my scar. Look at my cast. Look at my crutches. Lord, I did it for you. Now don't go cutting and breaking things. But I'm talking about when people laugh at you, when people put you down, when you try to take a step of faith and things just it seems like you hit a brick wall. Remember, we had a God that can take down walls. Be reminded of that. So, can we give a testimony? I suffered. I suffered for Jesus. Suffering that brought us closer to Him. Suffering that brought honor to Jesus. So, we can say this. Suffering is an experience we share, we share with our Lord. Suffering is an experience we share with our Lord. How many of you had some type of a surgery? You know, they use that um, nerve block, I believe it's called technique. I mean, it's, it's the coolest thing. You wake up from that surgery and you don't feel it. I mean, man, that's wonderful. And then after the nerve block wears off and the pain starts to hit, and boy, you're wondering, are all this going on? I know some doctors don't like the nerve block because it makes it unrealistic. We need to know that pain, because I'm going to tell you, a lot of times when we go back to that doctor and say, boy, this, this, this is hurting, he'll look at us and say, well, that's good because that means it's healing. That is the time that is healing. Some of you have experienced pain because you have been living a Christ-like life. Have you lost friends because you were living for Jesus? You know your old drinking buddies? Remember them ladies you used to go and party with all the time and they don't want to have a thing to do with you? Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Have you lost a mate? I have known people. When they gave their heart to Jesus, they changed so much, but that... That husband, that wife said, That's, you're not the man, you're not the woman that I married. You're the, you used to be the partier. But now you're living for Jesus and they walked out. You wanted to make it in the marriage, but they're the ones that walked out. Praise God. Have you lost a job? Maybe you lost a promotion. Because see, that other person, they're the ones that could drink, out drink the boss man. He's the one that wanted to party. He's the one that wanted to use the language like she used in the workplace. And you lost that job. You lost that promotion. You lived for Christ. You've been laughed at. You've been made fun of. You've been ridiculed. The days ahead will find more pain. The Bible says it does not get any easier as we walk on this earth. There's a place, no more. It's called heaven. But we're not there yet if you're listening to this. And so, we're not there yet. But here's a blessing. Verse 5 says this, And hope 
does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. How beautiful this is. And so we find hope, hope that will not put us to shame. How many of you despise shame? I mean, you hate it. I mean, I'd rather been kicked, I'd rather been bit, uh, you, know, you know, whatever it is, but don't shame me. But we don't have to worry about that. Why? Because God has poured out in our, into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. This blessed gift that moves us from those steps, that from with pressure in our lives. And folks, we need to be ready for that pressure. Men, you need to be men. Step up and be a father. Be a leader in your home. Lead out in Bible study. Lead out in prayer. When's the last time me and you prayed around the table with your children listening? That is the most beautiful thing you could do. Ladies, when are you going to start dressing like a lady? There's pressure today. I know, I see the ads. I see what it says you how to do. But you know what? God wants you to be a godly woman and to display yourself to your husband, not everybody else. You know, pressure in life, endurance that comes through patience. I mean, bringing up a child, just telling your child, get out, I don't need you anymore. Well, you need to be patient. That endurance, to be able to be a father, a mother, not just, not just when they're that little innocent baby, when they're a toddler. I mean when they're getting in that first grade, when they get to be a teenager and you want to kill them. Endurance. Endurance, whether they're 40, 50, 60 years of age, bring them up in a Christ-like way. We need character that comes from godly experience. Stop making excuses. Stop making, well, I'm just not that way. Well, Paul was Saul, and he sure wasn't that way, and he had an experience with Jesus, and it changed him. And what? That guy got shipwrecked. He got bit by snakes. How many of you want to do that? We need to have experiences that build a character in us. And then hope, keep hoping. Hope for your family. Huh? Hope for their workplace. Hope for the situation you're going through today. So you can have this hope that comes from confident expectation. God that loves us. Jesus who died for us. The Holy Spirit that is poured into us. Not sprinkled into us, but poured into us. I'm looking forward to a perfect place called heaven. A perfect place where there are no more wars, no more violence. But because I'm still here on this earth right now, the reality is we live in a violent world. A violent world. We should never expect anything to be pain-free. Who put that in your head and in your heart? Scripture tells us, Suffering will come. Let's remember the death of men and women who paid the price for our freedom. Let us continue to fight for our freedom in America. We need to be able to fight. And I want to be honest with you. We need to fight those in our country and those outside our country because the battle has come to America.
But let us remember, just like our military, we need to be re remaining strong. Our military needs to be strong. So, well, you don't need to be. You need to be a little bit more... Uh, what's that? I'm using that word. Pacifier. Pacifist. And what a pacifist? Pacifier. About the same, isn't it? So you think about it. What, look at the Old Testament. Build walls. Protect your cities. Protect your family. Don't mess with my family. It's in the Old Testament. Oh, but Jesus came. Jesus came and said, don't be stupid either. I don't think that's in Scripture, so you might want to check that out. But see, we need to remember the church, Christians, we need to be stronger more than ever before. Remember the day Jesus died? Remember the day Jesus died? Now, I put it this way. Remember the day that Jesus died for you. Does that change things? He shed His blood for you to be free. There was a gentleman, I wouldn't mention his name, but you know, I found out something about the internet. People can sure find out things you say, so I need to be careful. But there was a gentleman, I think he's with the Lord now, that when I was in Raleigh, as a youth director in church, this one fellow, he gave the pastor a fit. He was always saying, we don't need to have any songs that has the word blood in it. We don't need to have any sermons that have the word blood in it. Thank goodness a pastor, music leader, didn't listen to him. Because you take the blood out of the church, we don't even have a church. We don't, we don't have a walk with Christ, do we? How can we talk and sing about freedom without blood? And blood is the constant reminder of what freedom costs. I pray that our country will remain free. Let us not forget the cost. Let us not forget the cost. We're not here by accident. I, I believe God had His hand in the founding of our country. I believe God had a hand in how our country has come. But I'm so scared right now that God is removing His hand. Let's pray now more than ever before, ever before that God will put His hand back on us and protect us. But you know what? It took blood to give us our freedom. And it will take blood to keep us free. It will take blood to keep us free. But praise God, it only took the blood of one perfect perfect person. Jesus. That was shed on that cross. That today, we have freedom. Freedom wherever we may be. We might be in Cuba. We might be in Russia. We might be in Argentina. We might be some other place. But let's be reminded. The blood of Jesus set us free. And the blood of Jesus will keep us free. And the blood of Jesus is what we will celebrate forever that gave us freedom. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you trust Him today? You know, I asked a question just a little while ago. Do you remember the day that Jesus died for you? See, Jesus died on a cross 2,000 plus years ago. But when the reality comes in, when you in your heart realize, He did it for me! He did it for me. We can celebrate. We can rejoice. 
And so this day, I pray that you've invited Jesus in your heart. If not, it's very simple. You just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. And would you come into my heart and to live in my heart forever? And He will. Will you be perfect? Nope. Will He have everything just put right in order? Nope. But you've got to start. You're a new believer in Jesus Christ. Maybe it's a time to rededicate your life. You realize you've not been living for Him. Today, start that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for each person that's listened, watched this. I pray that You have worked in a mighty way through modern technology to touch hearts. But I know You've been working in people's lives. Certain songs have come on, certain things they read. A person said something that got them thinking, and You've been working on their heart through the Holy Spirit. Continue to convict them. Thank You now for what we're going to do. It's going to be hard. We're going to have suffering. But let us glory in our suffering. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you made a decision of any kind, I'd love to hear. Please let me know. You can do this. Uh, my cell phone, my text is 864-812-0073. Or you can email me at pastor at gaffneysouthside.com. May God bless you. Pray for our country. And pray in praise. Suffering, we can give glory to God.